What's up, everyone? Welcome to Half Hour uh, with Astra Theatre Company. My name is Taylor Harlow. I am the founder and artistic director. Uh, and we are joined today by a KC theater, I'm going I'm to say icon, I'm going to say the word, the verbiage icon. Um, you know her from her work all over KC, the one, the only, Bree Woods. Hi, everyone that What's, can see uh, me and hear me. Yeah, we're doing all of the audiovisual methods, baby. You get it all. <laughs> um, Bree, how are yeah. you? I'm okay. I'm not bad. I'm not great. I'm right in the middle, which I think is the healthiest place to be right now. So I'm gloating. Yeah, I'm I'm Goldilocks. <laughs> yes. So I'm no. I'm I'm doing I'm doing really well. My health is great. Um, I'm here with my family in Kansas City in my makeshift um, office that I built out of PVC pipes and blankets wow. in my basement. Wow! Wow! So I didn't know that you were also a carpentress. I did add some things to my special skills um, yeah. over the year, as we all have, and uh, PVC pipe cutting has become a really big special skill for me. So if anybody needs a rickety old house built out of PVC pipe, I can come over and do that very quickly. A rickety old house. Yeah, it's um, not gonna it's not gonna hold, but it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do a killer self tape in it. Um, uh, yeah. So our, our first little segment that we're going to dive into with you, Bree, is, is you were born and then what happened? So where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Uh, and, and as I like to say, as we say in the biz, when did you get the bug? Okay. Uh, my birth story is complicated. No, it's very simple. I was born in Iowa, um, in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. My dad is a military dude, so we left like a month after I was born, partly because my dad got stationed someplace else, but also because my mom hated Iowa. Um, no shade to anybody who's from Iowa, but I hear it sucks. Um, and then we moved from Iowa to Mississippi, and I was there until I was around five or six. Um, I like to say I got a lot of Southern charm from mm -hmm. my time in Mississippi uh, that was washed away when I moved to Kansas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my whole family, my both my mom's family and my dad's family, a lot of them are um, somewhere in Kansas, Atchison, Topeka. Um, and we just wanted to be closer to family and get me and my brother both rooted for school. So I've been in Stillwell, Kansas, right by Blue Valley High School, Don't Stop Me, um, for the last, what, like 20, 21 years or so. Did you go to Southwest? No, I went to Blue Valley. Southwest was a thing after my freshman year. Okay. So um, I had the option of literally, like literally my backyard is the um, football field. Oh. Stadium field, whatever. It's very, very Friday night lights. It is. It's really cute. You get to hear the band um, in the mornings. And so I would just... I told my parents I would walk to school, but I never did. I always drove. I paid for a parking spot. It was the stupidest thing. I should have just walked, but I drove to school. Hey, sometimes so you, the, the extra 10 minutes of sleep is really worth it, especially think, when you're in high school. Yeah, and it worked out for me. Um, yeah, so I went to Blue Valley High School, did theater there to keep from coming home because I was always grounded. Um, oh, you're a troublemaker. I really wasn't. I was just terribly honest. Um, and I had too many opinions for my little body. 
um, that were like really not founded in any sort of truth. I was just like really angry and yelling all the time about what I thought about things. Um, and so I would just grind it all the time. And so it was the option of like after school activities, uh, sports, not coordinated enough, um, mm. math club, not smart enough. Um, drama, I was great at because I could yell really loud. So I isn't it funny how that's how we like, well, how we end up there? All the misfits were like, "Well, yeah. I can't run very fast, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm kind of dumb at a few subjects, but I do love attention." So yes, I think I could do well here, and I did. Um, and then I went to the University of Kansas. Mm-hmm. I was go Go Jayhawks. I was persuaded to do a business degree. Um, and you I think did lots not. of people. Yeah, I was there. I didn't. I okay. didn't. I went under it um, because the, where I was, um, there weren't like a lot of, there wasn't any representation that looked like me. So any time mm. I went to like an advisor or something, they're like, mm, I don't. I don't, I don't know if black people go to college for theater, so you should just get a business degree. So I went and I got a business degree, uh, or I went under to get a business degree. And then for my humanities, I took uh, an acting class and they're like, you love this and you're good at it. Why are you not majoring in this? And so I switched my major. That's so cool. So how long were you, I mean, not cool that it took that (laughs) for you to find that path, but how long were you on the, the business track for? Uh, four weeks, about okay. a month. Um, and it was one of those things where I was truly like, went in, um, had the like label of being like, okay, maybe I'll do like business, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll find some, I'll take a journalism class. I'll, I'll take some humanities classes along the way and see what I'd like. And then it was just dumb. I was just, it was a dumb decision. I was just good at theater. I'm, I'm good at it. Right. Um, so and by so, this time, you had already, but I assume you, you said that you started doing drama in high school. You had already been yeah. bitten by the bug. You knew you were yeah. good at it. You liked doing it. You like knew very much that that was your tribe, right? Yeah. No, I was a total theater kid. Yeah. It was just, I did not know. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I think a lot of theater makers and artists right now are circling back around to be like, how do I do this feasibly mm. and still take care of myself and still like pay my bills and figure out like how, how does this fit into my future? And, you know, my parents weren't, um, they weren't artistically inclined. Um, they didn't know really like how they, I, we didn't know about, um, like conservatories or, yeah, we didn't know any of that stuff. We just knew that there was, um, you know, plays and musical that you did in high school and that some colleges, uh, state colleges for me, KU or K-State, I knew that they both had theater departments. So I was like, cool, I can still do some theater, but it won't be my major until I was like, "Mm, I'm not very good at the business track and I'm very, very good at this theater thing. So you were like attempting to kind of feel like to, you were trying to be satisfied with going into college and- yeah and saying that I'm just going to do this thing on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, it became apparent that that wasn't going to cut it. I was just like, it's and, and for me, it's always, I'm such a little brat, but I was like, we're paying all this money to go do school. Um, and what I should have thought if I was a smart 
person, I should have said, I'm paying all of this money to go to school. I should get this business degree because it's going to pay me back. (laughs) But what I did instead was I'm paying all of this money to go to school and I hate the subjects that I'm, I'm not interested in any of the subjects that I'm taking. The only thing that like really that I get up to go to class for are my theater classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So then that was the big switch and it's just funny how life works because I was barely ever there after my junior year because I was just here in Kansas City working the whole time. Right. So the degree then became like a longer thing of Brie, when are you going to be in class long enough for us to give you a passing grade? (laughs) I was like, maybe next show, I I don't know. Strange, like, and I, I, I think it's worth mentioning your observation about artists sort of like having this come to Jesus moment about like, why do I do this? Who do I do it for? Is it even making me any money during a yeah. pandemic? Because it is sort of the first thing to go and, and be cut. But I just find it interesting that we have to like inherently find worth in our art, uh, usually via money, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to be able to make a, um, a living for yourself, but also studying it is not like studying business or econ or something where you sort of have a set track and you get an internship and then you get a good job or you know someone, you get a good job. Like it's, it's, it doesn't really have a predictable pathway. I remember coming home for like Thanksgiving and stuff when I was in school and, and relatives being like, so you have an internship or like, where, where's your next job coming? You know, all of that stuff. And it just, it doesn't play by any of the rules. So I think it's, it's an interesting observation that like we're circling back to that now, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's, it's, it's just so, strange and so like you know a gift that we are getting to examine like all of these things right now as much as Mm. it sucks to just not have a consistent amount of work it is a nice gift to be like okay so what what about it do do I really love enough to like continue this crazy thing of not getting paid to like just pursue my passion for a minute like what is it that thing um so yeah, it's really interesting right now. Yeah, big gift of time right now yes. for sure. You know, and a lot of folks at the beginning were like, "Oh, I'm so bored. Like, I don't know what to do with all this time." And I can definitely empathize with that a little bit. But I've been trying to also look at it through the lens of like, what can I do with this time? Can I be learning something or reevaluating or restructuring? And um, I feel like a lot of folks have sort of come to that idea of like, we have a lot of time right now. How can we like best use it? You know. Um, yeah. So was there like a formative moment or like actor or actress or show or thing that you saw that made you be like, oh, this is, this is for me. This is my shit. Yeah, it was, I have three definitive moments. Okay. The first was, and they're all movie musicals. So yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was, (laughs) just like, don't judge me. That's all we had here. Sure, Um, sure. um, uh, Moulin Rouge. Nicole oh. Kidman. That was the first time I knew what a musical was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched it on repeat and I did not understand that it was like about prostitutes, go sex workers. Um, but at the like <laughs> time, it, it was before like people were pro-ho. So I didn't really get what the story was about, but I knew it was like the best. And Ewan McGregor was the best. And oh, Nicole Kidman on. was the best. And so I was like, I want all of this schmaltz and this pageantry and i just want to wear like jeweled corsets for the rest of my life 
how do I do that? And the life that they're leading, it's bohemian. They're drinking yeah. absinthe. They're having fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, truth, freedom, beauty, and love. I was like, what more does a person need? It really, like, it's just, it's the corniest. But when you see it when you're seven, it's the truth. Yeah. So that's that's what started it for me. I, that, I think, like, Nicole Kidman was the first time I knew, like, what an actress was. I was able to be, like, that person is doing a really good job in this show mm-hmm. before I was like oh yeah um Ariel's really stupid like she should listen to her dad but like now I'm like oh the story is a thing and there are people that play that um and like mm. write it and put it together so that was the first time and then it was compounded again in um you know my musical what's my musical um Phantom <laughs> I, I do know this about you. <laughs> it's so bad. But it's bad Phantom, good. it's, it's bad, bad good. good. But it was that thing where, um, and I wrote like an essay about this to try to get into grad school that I didn't get into, but it's still a good essay. <laughs> I wrote an essay about how we saw um, Phantom on like this really like snowy night and we saw it at this movie theater um used to be the palazzo i don't know if you ever uh-huh. went to yeah that. of course okay you know the balcony like that old tuscan of feel course. and it's got the that fountains. big balcony and the fountain yes. so we saw and you're talking Phantom. about the movie that came out in like 2004 well, five, right? 2005 yes yeah. i think five or I six so one too. of those two fact check us um, audience fact check us <laughs> yes please please send it in um but it was you know it's it's awful but again i'm i think what i'm 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Um, And I thought it was really, really good. I was like, this is a great musical. Gerard Butler did an amazing crossover from 300 to the (laughs) fandom of the opera. He's so versatile. And um, I knew Emmy Rossum from the Disney Channel movie um, Genius or uh, something like that. Anyway, so I'm watching the movie. We're with my brother. And that at that time there was another movie that was coming out. It was like a, it was either like an Adam Sandler movie or some like big blockbuster comedy that he wanted to see, but we uh-huh. had to go see 50 first, 51st dates or something like something that. like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Great. So movie. we go Love and see Drew. this one and my brother's just like got his arms <laughs> crossed the whole time. Of and course. so we leave and I was like, that was the best ever. Thank you, mom and dad. It was so amazing. I can't, agree with your decision to take us to the movie enough and he was like it was really scary wasn't it and that's all it took for me to just be terrified I was like oh my god he hung somebody um it's a night just like this (laughs) I'm terrified I have several mirrors in my room because I'm a narcissist Mm. at 12 and so I had to cover all the mirrors in my room for like like some sort of shiva yeah, I was terrified. I knew he was behind the mirror. I had to start sleeping in my brother's room. And that room, so made you want to start acting? Or that yeah, was just- because I was, I was like, that is the scariest thing. And I just like realized how much of an effect that that awful movie had on me. Mm. But it was just like such, I mean, I couldn't sleep in my own room with the mirrors for like eight months. I had to sleep in my brother's room or read Jesus myself Christ. to sleep. As if he so didn't hate that movie weird. enough. He's like, I told yeah. you we should have saw 50 First Dates. <laughs> well, I was like, it's your fault. You pointed out it was scary. I thought it was amazing. And then that one person, that one review, which I think thinking about it right now as we're like talking about that, it's funny how like reviews can mess up actors and theater in any way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that just like one word from him being like, it's, that was really scary. I was like, oh my God. And I yeah, was You're just right. I'm shaking. terrified. 
I don't know what to do with myself anymore. So that was point number two. And then okay. point number three was Dream Girls. Oh. Um, and that came in, came out, I think, the year after um, mm-hmm. Phantom did. Uh, and I, this was the first time I saw myself um, mm-hmm. in a musical. And I was just, like, taken by, like, how awesome the story was and the music. And... It was one of those things for like POCs specifically and especially black people. If you're in a musical or if you're into musical theater and you know um, Dream Girls, um, I can't tell you like how many times I've been sitting across the room from somebody and I just hear like someone just go, step into the bedside. And I know instantly that you're my friend. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. We yeah. both are down with Dream Girls. We both think Absolutely. it's the most amazing thing. So those were my three moments when I was like, okay, I've got to do this. Yeah. But they're all movie musicals, which during quarantine, I'm like, that's all I ever want to do. Anyway. Yeah, but I mean, as much as it is, is like easy to hate on those sometimes, especially now that we're like older and seasoned artists, <laughs> yeah. like there is something to be said about the, the impact that it has on being able to reach such a wide audience, you know, yeah. and, you know, theater isn't super accessible even if we're talking like national tours and stuff but if you make it into a movie suddenly like a lot more people and kids can can see that and have access to it and be affected by it well especially like for us um where i am where like my family house has been forever Mm -hmm. um we're only about half an hour away from kansas city and the art scene but if you are you know even that far away you don't know about it unless somebody is there to tell you or to guide yeah. you. But if you're out here, I mean, there's no, um, there's some like community theater out here, but other than that, there's like, there's no existing, or when I was growing up, there wasn't any existing theater that you could go see that didn't take like an hour long drive. Or um, didn't cost and, an obscene yeah, amount of money. Like a 60 buck ticket for everybody. You can't just go do oh, that minimum. where we are. That's for like a bad seat in the... Right. <laughs> no that's all we had. No, that's all... If we same, went to see something same. live, we were seeing the... We were in the cheap sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, I used to get like... Occasionally, I would get tickets to see shows downtown via like my... It would be like my stocking stuffer. It would be only two tickets. So my parents are very clearly like, you go with a friend. This isn't really our thing. And we can't afford to take <laughs> six of us. So go do your thing and come home and tell us about it. Um, That's a really sweet stocking stuffer. I have lovely family. I'm very thankful for them. Um, Okay, so let's transition a a bit into what you're doing now. What's your career like now that you've been like post-grad? What projects have you recently been working on, Um, et cetera, et cetera. And that will lead us into um, where you want to go in your career and where we want the industry to go as well. Hopes, dreams, prayer requests. Sure. Right now, slim pickings, huh? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a lot. Um, there's, and you know, I, I am continually blessed and fortunate enough to um, be home and just be able to just go, hey, if you guys are doing anything, I just want to let you know that, like, I'm available and would love to do it. So I just got to do a recorded version of a fireside version of a Christmas Carol. Yes. Talk a bit um, about, about that. It seemed so lovely. All the pics. I'm so excited. It was really wonderful. So I've been um, a part of uh, the Kansas city reps tradition of a Christmas Carol for the last, I think this would be year six. 
Um, but I'm calling it like 5B because it's sure. just, it's just <laughs> like a little bit off from what we usually do. Mm-hmm. Which um, we should also inform our listeners and watchers that that is where our, our uh, paths crossed last year. Yeah, just for the this first time, time last year. It's so, and it's so weird because I keep saying to Sam, my partner, that we should be there. Just like it's, it's, yeah, it is the weirdest feeling to know that no one is in those halls. Because and, someone always is, right? Because yeah. someone always, that for the last, what is this, the 40th year, I think, something like yeah. that? Yeah. The last 40 years, there's always been a uh, some kind of Christmas show going on in it. Um, I've, I know that everybody is, uh, who has ever been involved in that, um, who has ever watched it or has ever made it, um, just feels that loss. Yeah. So it was really... Um, ghosty kind of sure uh, to, to be doing this production with uh or this uh screen thing <laughs> with that in mind of just being like uh i really want to honor those who like can't be there mm. um and really want to um endow this sh- thing that we're doing with as much like grace um and like humanity as possible because there's so many people that should be here but can't um and and you know it has to be done in order for uh us to be able to do it next year if there's a possibility of things coming back so of course it was really so amazing that they were able to do something at all because yeah i mean christmas carol like you said is a huge part of kansas city but also a huge part of just the artistic community in general it's like a staple, you know, of, yeah. you know, folks have been doing it and participating in it for so long. So I think it's really awesome that they're, they're able to pivot and, and do something. I'm super excited to see what it is. Yeah, it was great. Um, it's just the four of us doing it. And I think opening night is actually tonight, which if, you know, today is the 23rd of November. Mm-hmm. Um, Party time. Go- <laughs> and it'll go through, I think, the 31st of oh December. Oh, my God. Opening night. Did your mom make you a dress? I have no dress for Christmas this year. I just wow. have uh, – no, it's – we've got uh, Thanksgiving on the brain, okay. um, Colonizer's Day. Uh, and, <laughs> um, Absolutely. And we, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna wait. We've been working on the Christmas picture. That's what we've been working on this year. Okay, very yeah. cool. We should we should let people know Brie has a tradition. As she said, she's been at Christmas Carol for several years at Casey Rep. And opening night um, is, I believe, it's your mom makes a dress that you wear, right? Yeah, my mom makes me a dress every year. Uh, it's a great way for us to bond and to bitch at each other. Sure. Um, and <laughs> always looking for uh, new ways to do that with my parents. <laughs> I don't know about you. But it's a it's a nice little tradition that we I decided to give her a break this sure. year. I was like, yeah. you don't you can take the time off if you don't need me screaming at you. Where Bigger am I going to wear it? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's 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 it. So that's uh, Christmas Carol. Um, and you were in in process of moving to New York pre <laughs> pre plague, right? Yeah, so I was there uh, for a month. And you booked a uh, show. We should I say booked, I did book a show, um, and I was really excited about it. And then we got to day six of rehearsals, and the city shut down, mm-hmm. um, and everything shut down. And then I my job 
uh, shut down and then they were like, we're never going to survive this. So I was like, okay, no income, no show, big old apartment. I have no grocery money. So I called my mom. I was like, mom, either I have enough money to buy groceries or I have enough money to buy a ticket, a plane ticket home. So I took the plane home um, and I've been here since March. So I had uh, an apartment for one month in New York and now I'm home with my mom, um, which has been, yeah. And it's kind of, it sucked because the show I was in, I was really excited about. um, And I met a lot of, uh, we were doing Floyd Collins, Mm -hmm. a musical, Americana musical, one of the best. If you don't know it, look it up. Adam Gettle, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The music will just like rip your heart out. It was at Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. so that happened and then I came home um, and it has been a nice pivot for me. Yeah. Because um, now I'm in that place that everybody's in where you're picking up new skills. Um, what are your new skills, Brie, besides PVC pipe cutting? <laughs> uh, PVC pipe cutting. Um, I've gotten really into photography and filmmaking. You bought a new camera. Did I make that I up? Did. No, no. We've talked about this. We both I, bought new cameras during the plague. We bought new cameras. Um, and so I wrote a short film and filmed it on my way to pick up my um, things from New York. So it's all about the RV trip because you're talking about getting a U-Haul. We got an RV. Oh, wow. (laughs) So me, my dad, my mom, and my (laughs) brother um, drove and stayed in RV parks uh, in certain parts of Trump country and had – I just was – bless their hearts. I turned my whole family into actors and I directed them throughout the Art imitates life, baby. It is, um, and it just kind of worked out for the best. So I'm in the process of editing my first um, short film. That's so uh, cool. Congrats. Yeah, Seriously, thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. We'll see when it comes out. It may never come out, but it is. Do you, I have been noticing this because I, I too have been jumping into this a little bit too with my with the new camera that I bought, but there's a, there's a little part of my brain that is like, I guess I think this is like imposter syndrome a little bit. That's like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, this mm. is going to be bad. Like, people are going to tell you to stop doing this. You know, I, and I constantly just have to be like, shut up. I spent a lot yeah. of money on this camera. I'm going to yeah. fucking learn how to use it. I have to. I have to, That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, no, um, I spent like way too much of my government money to buy this. <laughs> this is a stimulus new check. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to make this work. Um, I just uh, have you know, had a lot of time to myself. So at first I started on YouTube University and then I bought a very, very, very cheap class from somebody who does like a YouTube tutorials on how to do film. Um, So I have a cheap ass class from Buff Nerd Media. That sounds amazing. Um, Don't (laughs) say cheap ass class. Buff Nerd is going to, you're going to win an Oscar. I can smell it. But it is like it's uh, a it's somewhere for me to put my mind in my hands so I can, you know, be busy and not go stir crazy. I always if I'm not like learning or working on something, I go insane. Really? I am that bad at sitting still. I am very, very bad at sitting still. I was at the I was good at it at the beginning. Um, 
because I started like painting and that was mm-hmm. really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was like, okay, but how do I get this stroke the, the way that it's supposed to be? I'm seeing other people's strokes and they don't look like mine. So mm-hmm. I would start studying that. And then I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Painting became really stressful. Um, sure. And the filmmaking thing is the only thing that I've been studying so far that hasn't become stressful. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, um, this is something that I, I struggle with a little bit and I know that some other artists are prone to this, but I, sometimes it goes along with what I was just talking about. If, um, if I find that I'm not making the best possible product or if I find any flaws in it, then I'm like, I gotta stop. (laughs) It's not perfect. (laughs) Which Um, makes no sense. Um, pedagogy wise, because really the only way to get good at something is to just keep doing it. But um, sometimes no. I, I have to like swat that out of my brain. No, I feel that. Uh, my, so the short film we did um, was like the first, I had been fiddling around with lighting. Uh, I brought all of my lighting. So I brought all of my gear with me, which was probably not the best idea because we didn't know if I was going to be able to fit all of the things from my apartment that we were moving out. The real reason mm-hmm. we were doing this in the first place. Sure. So I brought like all of this, all these props and the lighting kit that I bought um, and didn't use it once. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I also like was trying to figure out audio. But as you know, Taylor, when you're in a car and you're driving, the car makes noises. I have heard that. (laughs) That's all that I I had this little cheap, uh, cheap ass lapel mic. Mm -hmm. uh, And all you could hear was the Google, 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 Google of the car going. So um, yes, I feel that because now I'm trying to navigate like, okay, how do I, how do I, so now I have to have my roommate in New York uh, and my parents and my brother and I do um, a lip sync to the entire (laughs) short film. A lip sync battle. A lip sync battle. (laughs) Uh, So we have to like record on my microphone in my makeshift sound booth. Mm. and dub it over the film. So I'm already like, I know this is gonna look so stupid, but I do, I'm like, I have to finish it. So at least I can say I got the first one done. And now I know um, you don't wanna do a short film in a moving (laughs) RV uh, unless you have the money to make it look like it's moving outside when it's really not. Mm, Yeah. So yeah, no. That's an um, admirable trait though. and to. I'm trying to be a little bit more like that to just trial by fire and just try to take all the things you learn in stride and give yourself, a, you know, a little grace to just keep growing, you know? And I think with that, like I, uh, this might be bratty. I think, I don't think anybody. It's like the third time you've called yourself a brat. I'm a brat. I know I am. <laughs> um, but I don't, I am not of the camp that like, if you make something, you have to show it. Um, I am of the camp that if you make something, you can learn from it. But does that mean that you are required to share that thing where you're still just learning? I don't yeah. think I don't think you owe anybody that. And I don't think um, mm. I don't know if like displaying that is going to do me personally any favors. It sort of comes down to why, why we do it again, right? Right. Am I doing it to learn and grow and to express myself artistically or, you know, hopefully potentially give people jobs or am I doing it for approval or validation from others or visibility, you know? Right. 
that's an interesting um, dichotomy for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I struggle with um, outside opinions a lot. Uh, so I just have realized like in my, in my old youth, cause I'm still <laughs> stupid young. Um, but I realized like I have to tell myself. No, it's not middle-aged anymore. It's, <laughs> it's old it's, youth. <laughs> I'm, in my old youth, I have. Um, also not middle-aged. You're like 25. <laughs> I'm 26. My birthday was two days ago. You forgot? Oh, no, I did. I saw the post with the wine and the Minskis and that's a great way to celebrate a birthday. It was great. Um, but I have realized I just have to tell myself like I, I don't have to share everything because yeah. I don't, not everything I, is what I want to share. If I want to share it, I'll share it. And if right. I don't, I don't have to. I think that's great. Um, okay. Our last little, our last little moment is about sort of where you, where you want to transition into, where do you see yourself in, you know, 20 years when you're at the end of your old, old youth, when you're <laughs> transitioning to the other uh, age category above that, you know, what are your hopes um, personally? Are there like specific roles you want to do? And also what are your hopes for the industry at large or, you know, our community and yeah, any thoughts um, you might have on that? I have several thoughts. I want to be in movies. Mm. Um, just, I've known that since I was a kid and quarantine has just really compounded that. Um, and sorry, you're going to hear my dad that driving dancing. in. No, he's, he's just coming in. He went and got his car fixed. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So I want to be in movies. I want to direct them. Um, and then on the theater side, sure. There's roles that I want to play, but I've, Realize, like, again, quarantine blessing. Um, as shitty as it is, it's just a good time to think. Um, I like being at the creative helm a lot more, which I hadn't, I didn't have the confidence um, and the experience to do. Uh, before do you mean this. like producer, writer, director, like more on the um, admin side, or no, uh, writing, uh, writing and starring. Um, in projects that have been like made for me and people like me, um, I, you know, Khalif, um, Gillette from mm -hmm. Kansas city, mm -hmm. uh, he has, uh, written a show, a series, a television series. So he's asked, um, several other, uh, artists from Kansas city and across the country POCs to gather. And we have a writer's group every week and it is the most fulfilling thing. Um, so that's something that I want to see happen within the next 20 years, hopefully sooner. Um, and uh, I have a dream now with um, Sam and we really want to work on our own like vaudeville um, burlesque uh, variety type show. Um, cool. And so like ultimately what I'm realizing is like, I don't need to, I not, not that. What I'm realizing is that <laughs> I, um, I know that I want to live above the building that all of my artwork happens in, whether mm. it's a film studio or a, um, you know, like a jazz club or whatever. I want an event space that I can do whatever with. And then I just live right upstairs and that eliminates uh, gas mileage and money. Um, I will be better for the environment because I won't have to drive from Kansas City to my house Absolutely. back and forth all the so time. So you see this happening in Kansas City? Um, 
Yeah. Don't feel pressured to answer that question if you don't know. It's okay. No, I mean, we, uh, we have been talking about it for a really long time and tossing back uh, and forth ideas of where we'd like to be based. Um, and we're both just kind of Kansas City kids. Yeah. Him more so than I. Um, he's I mean, lived here like his whole life. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I there's something about like the magic that happens here that both of us just kind of being away for you know the times that we have been in different places. Um, and there, there's nothing like it. Um, mm. I just have never seen it anywhere else. Um, so that's something I think to just build a base off of. I love Kansas City so much. I'm happy too. to be home. Me too. I find more and more that I'm just really drawn to the community here. And I think it's so rich already, but I also think it's just such a fertile place for stuff to grow. Kansas, yeah. Kansas City in general, I think is like America's best kept secret right now, which a lot of people are like, what do you mean? But it's like affordable to live. There's bustling yep. arts. There's amazing places to eat and drink and you can actually afford to live there. So yeah, uh, I would love to see it become this sort of like Minneapolis S. Um, I really think like you know. it within the past like 10 years, it has already moved so much. So yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen the next decade or so. Me too. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us and chatting with us today and sharing your personal details and your hopes for the future. We really appreciate it. And um, last thing, I guess, is uh, where can we find you and what are your next things coming up that you can sort of plug? Um, Christmas Carol, you can stream it. Go to the reps website, Kansas City Rep. Retori.com and I'm sure there are better directions than I have. Um, we'll put a link somewhere. We'll, we'll help you out. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram when I'm there. Um, oh, uh, Kansas City 1924 on KCAT Radio. I didn't talk about that at all, but it has been a saving grace during uh, quarantine. It's the coolest radio show that's talking about what Kansas city was like in the 1920s um, with like bootlegging and um, And some of Kansas city's like iconic theatrical actors and actresses. You must check it out. It is Mm -hmm. simply a must. Nice gang violence versus ranchers versus uh, cops. It's great. It's really great. Um, So that you can find, uh, Every Friday at noon on KKFI, I believe it's 90, it's either 98.1 or 90.1. Again, Taylor will give you a link. I got you. Um, <laughs> or you can find it on the Kansas City Actors Radio Theater podcast on Spotify. Boom. And that's where you can find me. Boom, boom. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Bree. And we will talk so soon. Thanks again. Yeah.